60 to 69 year olds, the death rate of those who contract this, I want to say, is 1.8 percent. Uh, 70 to 79, it's 8 percent of those who contract this disease based upon the data that we have so far. Those 80 to 89, it's like 14 point, roughly 15 percent of death. So throughout the world right now are declarations by authorities, leadership to quarantine essentially to manage the spread of this coronavirus COVID-19 disease, which began began in Wuhan, China, and has spread throughout the world. And it's just hitting the United States. We're a couple weeks behind the curve of it really rising, of course, exponentially. On average, uh, one person, on average, they say, can affect 248 people in a very short period of time, so it can really bloom overnight. So one of the measures that is being taken right now and just announced today in the state of Ohio by the bishops is that mass will be suspended and will be dispensed. I was sure by now God you would have reached down and wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day but once again I say amen and it's still raining but as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my head. For you are who you are, no matter where I am. In every tear I've cried, or you hold in your hand, you never left my side. You know my heart is torn. Oh, I will praise you in this storm. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the fourth stop of our seven-stop journey in this family road trip podcast, The Apocalyptic Edition. Oh, don't say that. That's awful. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. Well, that was my intro, so now you got to say you're with and all that. Um, this is not an apocalyptic edition. This is a faith-filled, hope-filled, yes, Jesus is Lord edition of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our wonderful couples on the Family Road Trip Podcast. So I do want to say every word is packed with meaning that we overlook. And the word apocalypsis used to be the word for the book of Revelations, the last book of the Bible. Apocalypsis literally means unveiling. It corresponds to the high point in the wedding feast of the Hebrews. It was a seven-day feast, so they really understood the value of marriage. The high point was literally the unveiling of the bride, and it's the image that God gives us for all of salvation history that we are unveiling. I lift my eyes into the Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth I lift my eyes into the hills Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord The maker of heaven and earth Ephesians 5 That Christ who gives himself to his church Who loves us Who's betrothed us um, The high point is the unveiling And all of these circumstances that surround us 
um, are about unveiling. Um, the circumstances of the political struggles we've faced historically, the ecclesial struggles we've faced historically, are, are all about things in darkness coming to light, the unveiling, the seeing with clear eyes what God sees. So in a sense, there is a real positivity in my use of that word, the apocalyptic. For those of you who may hear this down the road, this is... Um, have been some very difficult weeks in this coronavirus, COVID-19, where the entire world is on alert. The entire world is, is impacted. Deaths are happening. But are we asking the question about the virus that is sin and its impact on dividing us, isolating us, uh, causing you know deep interior trauma? And coming to confront that in our lives, so what? So that we can come to salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, we could waste that. You know, we could waste that time and just watch nonstop episodes on Netflix or whatever our digital preoccupation is. Or we could receive the gift of God himself alive in our marriages, in our families, to open up new avenues of connection, to apologize for things said and done, to recognize that God is with us. So that's my little intro tonight for our fourth stop of this Family Road Trip podcast, I Love My Family.us. We are all about discovering more fully God alive in our marriages and families, and we do face this crisis. We do heartfully unite with the Father who loves us deeply, who does not desire that we suffer, but can use it all. So of all the facts that are being stated these days, and they do seem like bleak, traumatic facts that affect every aspect of humanity, I just tonight, we just tonight want to pronounce two most fundamental facts. Number one, God is still Lord. He's still overall. He's sovereign. And the second thing, he can use all things for his glory. We want to punctuate that tonight in the midst of every struggle we will face. Knights, how is this affecting you? Obviously, uh, the panic and everybody's craziness going shopping to the stores and seeing everything cleared out is kind of crazy. But looking, you know, looking inwardly, it's 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 kind of it's actually the last week and a half has been absolutely crazy trying to digest it all and take it all in. Mm. And then obviously in the last two hours seeing that now we're not having mass. It's kind right. of. Mm-hmm. Kind Explain of that, Chris, just for our listeners. Well, I, I look what... forward to it. It's, it's a, at, at, that's my, usually my day off. It's a day of, you know, the sun, Sundays are family mm-hmm. day. It's a day of going to, you know, mass. It's, it's our routine day. Everything else is chaotic through the week. Mm-hmm. So that's your pull together day. And, and it strengthens us. Yeah, it gives us new energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a whole, it's just a... It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what I'm trying to right now digest and take that all in, I guess, from a practical standpoint, you know, it's like, wow, it's Easter week and it's canceled right. all the way to right. Easter. So, I yeah. have uh, my parents who are both in their 80s, <laughs> middle 80s, and, um, you know, I worry about them. I went shopping for them yesterday and it, it's... I wonder, do I go in and drop them off? Do I sit mm-hmm. with them and visit with them? Do I leave? Do I, you know, am I washing my hands? It just, it changes the relationship and I don't want it to, right. you know, I want things to be connected and um, peaceful. Um, so it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's anxiety provoking and um, we do our best to kind of calm that down and grace. Um you know, she's brought all of her belongings home from school. They cleared out their lockers. and Grace is your daughter, 10 years old, for our audience's sake. They moved to online learning. And, um, 
she wants to play. There's, you know, that argument. Right, uh, right. Can't have play dates. Mm. This is not, you know, a snow day. Welcome to homeschooling. <laughs> right. This is you stay and we've got to get creative. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to do the best we can to see the light, mm-hmm. the positive side of this, that well, awesome. we can be creative, we can learn some new things. What do you want to learn? You want mm-hmm. to learn a new language? Do you want to, how do you want to mm. um, make this better? Um, Beautiful. This situation? Yeah. So Beautiful. Pains, practically, how is this coronavirus COVID-19 uh, thing affecting you? Well, it's a big adjustment to have the kids at home when I was expecting that they were going to go to school. Um, And I'm responsible for what they learn now. So this morning I was informed that we do seven spelling words on Monday and then seven spelling words on Tuesday and seven Mm -hmm. spelling words on Wednesday. And then we do the sentences on Thursday. Michelle, is that kind of cool, though, a little bit to be attuned to the practicalities of your daughter's rhythm in life? Yeah, it is. It is. And we we enjoyed reading some history stuff. And I think it will be a good quality time. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we all have to shift mindsets about a lot of things. Yeah. So, yes, I am. Seth, how about you? How's this practically affecting you in the way you think provider, husband, father, work? The biggest impact on me, I mean, work, has, fortunately for me, work has not been impacted because it, it, when I go to the office, it's just me and one other person on one whole, you know, like a thousand square foot office space. So we've quarantined ourselves in our own corner of, of our office. Um, the biggest change for me has been, you know, this weekend, Michelle and I had had a lot of things planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to be giving a talk mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Michelle was going to be teaching a class on Saturday afternoon. And there was a birthday party and there was a gymnastics class and Michelle's going to be giving a talk today. And um, within the span of, I don't know, it felt like maybe an hour or so, everything was canceled. Mm-hmm. And so we went from this idea of having, you know, we went from having a packed, busy weekend to having a weekend with nothing happening. And it was, it was great. We got to have a lot of great family time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we did a, a pretty good job of utilizing the time. You know, we went out to one of the, you know, metro parks to go for a, a good long walk. The girls spent time playing outside and in the backyard. You know, we, um, we watched mass together on Sunday morning. You know, you have those times in your life where things are really busy and frantic and something comes along and forces you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Seymour's. How is this impacting you guys with your beautiful seven? We'll say you have eight children. You have a little one in the womb, but how is it practically impacting you? Yeah. So, you know, I guess last week as things began to to get closed down, um, you know, logistically for us, our, our older boy is 17 and he was at a Kairos retreat with school mm-hmm. and really kind of unaware that things were happening. Wow. Our other children, um, school ages, freshmen in high school, uh, seventh grade, fifth grade, third grade, um, began to see all that come to an end. And, you know, we're former homeschoolers who now are somewhat homeschooling again, right? Even though the kids are getting work from school uh, to do electronically. But, you know, the house has become more busy, uh, but we have less things to obligations in the evenings. All the kids play sports. 
but it is good to be home. And I think it's also good to find the positivity in the fact that we can share time together. Um, we still we still went to mass on Sunday, albeit a lot uh, less uh, folks were at church. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were fortunate to still be able to go out and enjoy mass uh, last week. So um, it's a little difficult uh, because, you know, you've got to balance now mm -hmm. their their mental wellness and their physical wellness. I think the mental one is a struggle. Kids mm -hmm. don't understand that we can't just go to our friends around the block. We can't right. just go uh, meet up with four or eight of our buddies and, and do uh, a little video programming for school that you had planned to do. Those things are coming to an end. Mm -hmm. You know, for me and my job, uh, I'm a financial advisor and- I was gonna ask you, let me pause you a second, just cause a little more substance from you because you are in the financial industry and just as a setting, I do think a key theme here, and I wanna ask everybody in a moment to share maybe what they think may be happening here from the vantage of God, looking down and the opportunity crisis, as we said last week, the word means, you know, danger and opportunity, but. At least two significant gods are falling from their thrones. They're both good, sports, and of course money. God gives us these gifts, but out of proportion they can become gods. And we're seeing both of them right now fall. And people's, if you will, allegiance or their affection, their undue affection for these are going to cause them to be confronted with where's their anchor? Where's that core of them? You are a financial planner guy. You own your company with your uh, father and such. So share with us what you see happening there. Maybe even any advice for any who are experiencing anxiety about their finances. Yeah, I think, you know, with the market and with this coronavirus and so many things shutting down, we are going to uh, experience a financial crisis of sort that the markets are going to be very volatile. Uh, we are, there's a lot of unknowns. You know, how do these shutdowns across the world affect retirement plans, people's ability to earn money and then save in those retirement plans? And, you know, if I would offer anybody advice, I think the biggest thing Please is that do. you talk about it, hmm. um, that you communicate both with your spouse, with your financial advisor, with your employers. We've, you've got to just be open and communicate about what's happening. Uh, and if you're having difficulties, there are folks out there to help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, Brett, first of all, I'm all about a shout out for good Catholic companies. And all of you guys here on the phone are just good, devout Catholics who have integrity and excellence in what you do. So what's the name of your company? Uh, we operate under Seymour Associates. And then also I'm affiliated with Skylight Financial Group here okay. in Toledo. Give me a website. Uh, SkylightFinancialGroup.com. For those folks who have seen whatever it is now, 20, 25% or more erased in the last two weeks, is it fair to say that this demands from us faith and just sort of some patience to realize there's a bigger picture here? And in every opportunity like this, or I should say every situation like this historically, with some faith and some patience, invariably the market roars back and does come back. Yeah, I do believe, you know, if you before this coronavirus came to fruition or, or was released into our lives, um, the market was doing very well. All things in our country economically were doing well. More people were working. We had the lowest unemployment rate. So I think that all of those things still exist mm -hmm. when we get everyone back to work and earning an income and out buying products. I, 
I don't think that those things are gone. They're just delayed. And folks, I've shared this in a second. I want to hear your thoughts, Nikki, if you want to add practically how this is impacting you. But folks, I've referred to this book, Tribe, by Sebastian Younger, where he describes the human proclamation throughout history and suffering and difficulty have always been occasions to make us stronger, to make us better, to diminish um, depression and the whole realm of maladies that we faced in a culture of tremendous comfort. We've had un unprecedented comfort, which has had the effect of removing the comforter. We've been able to rely on our physical circumstances. And ironically, with this unprecedented comfort, comfort, we've uh, had the highest rate of suicide and depression in this culture. So um, I invite all to maybe think about um, the lens of God looking down upon us and our humanity and the gift that this can be of recalibrating where our affections are, our, our, our values, our deepest values and our affections. What are they fixed on? Is By being deprived in the season of Lent, nonetheless, we're given an opportunity to be more fully anchored in Him who is Lord, Him who ought to be our all in all. But Nikki, thoughts to add to this. How has this practically impacted you? Oh, well, I think so far for us, it's, um, it's a little early. So we're, we're kind of having fun with it right now. Honestly, we're hanging out and playing new games and finding cool stuff to do that we haven't got out in a while. And, but I, I I know that pretty soon it's going to get old and, you know, today we had some friends or kids that wanted to hook up with their friends and Brett and I Mm -hmm. debated like, is this okay or not? Okay. How do we feel about it? And, Mm -hmm. you know, being pregnant, I, I feel like. I should probably be a little more cautious mm-hmm. about right, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we live next door to Brett's parents and you know, they're a little bit older. So do we really want to expose them to anything we might pick up? So we, we finally decided, you know what, we're not going to get together with friends right now. Let's mm-hmm. just, let's just be safe. So right. we're bunkering down right now and right mm-hmm. now it's fun, but you know, ask me in a week or two. Right. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> So thank thank you all for that. So open conversation. Just want to see where this goes. Um, open the door to any of you sharing. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you through these circumstances? What insights are you being blessed with as we're going through this? Well, I want to share that I I did I have video called with a couple of friends of mine that live in Italy who are Italian mm-hmm. the last few days because um, they're just sitting around. We're just sitting around. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they said you know first of all this this really is a serious situation mm-hmm. and we hope they said we hope that you can learn from what's happened here and like just pay attention and and take caution michelle can you paint a picture since you're an artist by the way uh paint a picture of what is going on in italy for any who are not familiar well um the entire country is has to stay in their in their homes um and many many people there live in like multifamily buildings and apartment mm-hmm. buildings um it's very densely populated um as a country that's been you know continuously inhabited for thousands of years mm-hmm. um and so you know this this friend that i was talking to today they have a they have four children and they live on the third floor of a, an apartment building and they have three bedrooms and a balcony they don't have a backyard they don't have mm. Um, all that. And so that I think is a great, everybody is, is really coming together and seeing this, you know, we are sacrificing like our mm-hmm. liberty of movement basically mm-hmm. to protect those who are most vulnerable. And they do, um, 
you know, even more than our country, there the population of Italy is is aging, um, and it's very heavily skewed towards the the older end. And so, one thing that's going around over there is like a little meme that says "Restiamo a casa," we stay home. But in the middle of "Restiamo" is "Ti amo," I love you. So I love oh. you by staying home. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that he was reading about stories of of people who really are sort of taking this distancing time to reflect on their lives. I know that there's a reason why I need to be alone. You show me there's a silent place that I can call my own. Is it mine? Oh, Lord, is it mine? I think he's praying and, and hoping that, that this would actually be like a more than just you know an incident but mm-hmm. also an opportunity for people to be contemplative and examine their lives and ways in which maybe um they can be more open to to god you know i get so weary from the battles in this line and as many times it seems that you're the only hope inside is it And hopefully they'll all get, well, all all of us now. This morning, it was just him that was hoping to go back to church on Easter. And now all of a sudden this evening, it's it's us too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. It's right. beautiful. Thanks for that, Michelle. Please add anybody else, anything that's striking you. Well, hearing hearing Michelle talk about, you know, her, her, her friends in Italy, it, it really hits me. I've been blessed to be able to, to travel a, a number of, countries around the world you know i've been you know in in around asia and in africa and latin america most of these trips have been um missions related the thing that strikes me every time is i'm just reminded how much more selfish we are Mm -hmm. in america than most of the world especially in in peru i spent most of my time people are willing to to give up so much more of their material goods Mm -hmm. their time and even even their freedom to make sure that everyone else in their community is okay with joy with with joy yes they're they're not begrudging um they will in an instant um give you know the the clothes off of their back to make sure that their that their brothers and sisters are warm experience where I was traveling to I believe this time this trip I was going to Mexico City and of course I, you know I was on the subway there and it was packed very crowded you know, it, you know I don't know I can't remember how many millions of people there were in Mexico City when I when I went um, and I came back to America and I got on a tram in the airport and it was a little packed 
and people were complaining because mm. people were getting too close to them. Mm. And I said, I was just somewhere where people were twice, twice as many people in a little train and no one was complaining. Mm. Everyone was peaceful. And there's just, it really opened my eyes and helped me to, to realize how much more I need to be you know, kind and loving to those around me. That's awesome. And just to add, um, having been in Mexico, echoing what you're saying, to see those in thatched huts who delighted in giving us what would be the equivalent of two, three months of wages. Um, mm-hmm. And for us, would have been just a daily expense. Um, no big deal. But for them, their delight, their joy in giving it to us. And they radiated yeah. the love of Christ. And it really turns on its end the meaning of poverty and the meaning mm-hmm. of wealth. And again, yeah. to echo again today's circumstances, we live in such unprecedented comfort, which has deprived us of the comforter. Just want to alert anybody who is listening right now. We created on Facebook and it could expand from there, but look up my neighbor good instead of neighborhood, neighbor good, my neighbor good. And simply we're asking anybody who is in a place to be helpful. Anybody who's in a place and interested in helping your neighbor in any way. In particular, we said those who are older, we, we strongly encourage you to quarantine yourself and to minimize your contact, if, if not eliminate it. And uh, if you don't have somebody who can get supplies for you or take care of you, this would be an example. Go there or uh, let me know. Contact us and we'll find somebody very low risk who is able to get those supplies for you. So again, my neighborhood, look up those terms, search in Facebook. You can join from the standpoint of a provider or carer or from the standpoint of somebody who needs. Ideally, this would be something that would be posted on every social media. It's a great gift that God has given us to use it well, to uh, make ourselves available to anybody who is in need. Thanks so much, Paines. Anybody else um, want to share what's striking you in the midst of this crisis? You know, when you get, <clears throat> excuse me, to a heightened level of uncertainty or anxiety, there comes a point where you just have to surrender. Mm-hmm. You just have to trust and boy would I be lost if I didn't have my my Jesus Mm. my God my Holy Spirit Mm, thank you my mother Mary to surrender into and Mm. to trust and to place that in um, to allow me to relax and have clear thinking again and be open to do the kinds of things that you were suggesting, Greg. There's a group in our community. Um, it's called Everyone's Mom, hmm. and they have um, a Facebook feed. And she asked for some donations for one family that was going to have a hard time. And there were so many people responding to that. Now it's up to 15 families that oh, we're kind of taking on together as a community instead of saying, oh, go to the local kitchen or, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. there's things set up. We're doing it uh, for one another. So I am seeing people, you know, this bring out the best in them mm-hmm. and the sharing and the, you know, our live it group, we have a group text mm-hmm. and we're texting back and forth to each other. That's already been created because of what we've done with this program. And Ooh, so it kind of um, softens that isolation and lets you know there's people out there and praying for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been really helpful. But yeah, I think the lesson in surrender has been a pretty powerful one. Mm, thank you. That's thank beautiful. you so much, Kathy. Anybody else? 
you know, as I've been around our neighborhood now, I think it is nice. We're starting to see that neighbors are becoming more neighborly. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we all may come from different walks of life, uh, different faith backgrounds, we live in a very diverse area. And, you know, we have some Catholic neighbors, some Hindu neighbors, some Jewish neighbors. So we have wow. a pretty good mix. And mm-hmm. people are becoming neighborly. You know, is there anything you need? If there's something you don't have and we have it, can we help you? And so I look to the goodness that hopefully will come from this, right? That's awesome. There will be more God in our world and that people will become more kind because I think we have drifted so far in society from faith and from God as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a tragedy like this can really bring the world back to being a Mm -hmm. more peaceful friendly, loving place. So I'm starting to see it in my community and I can only hope and pray that it grows bigger in in the global world. Thanks so much for that. So folks, so grateful that you are with us on this road trip, this ultimate road trip to eternity, which is what it's all about. Each of us appointed and anointed in this time and this place to be occasions of God's presence to one another. That's what this metaphor, this road trip is all about. And, you know, if this circumstance, this tragedy, this crisis that surrounds us is giving you that time of greater connection to your spouse, please invest in it. Invest in it in a way that will have eternal returns. We invite you to join us. Go to ilovemyfamily.us. Designate that time this week, just 45 minutes. Make it sacred, a time to talk and pray. That's what these wonderful journeyers with us are doing. They've committed to 45 minutes a week minimally to gathering together to talk and pray using this fun, easy-to-use, meaningful live-it gathering guide. I double-dog, triple-dog dare you if you watch the Christmas story. It's serious stuff. I quadruple-dog dare you to do this. I love my family.us. Print out the one-pager. Even if, you, even if you just did the fun questions, I think you'll find it as a very meaningful time. And this sort of thing will come out on the other end all the better. So we're going to ask all of our co-journers here the question. What a difference you've made in my life. Who is somebody, a non-family member, who has had a powerful impact on your life? Let's begin with the Knights. Good evening, Greg. This is Chris Knight. And I would say the most influential person that was not a family member and would be my scoutmaster growing up from being a wee below all the way through my Eagle Scout would be Russ Whitmer. He's no longer living in this world, but he was Catholic. Mm. And the experience I had with him over 10 years going through Cub Scouts, wee belows, he was a retired auto worker and uh, pretty much committed his life to scouting. So I would say that he would probably be number one in my life. Uh, Thanks so much, Chris. What's a lasting, maybe one thing that has stuck with you that has helped forge your Christian character? His devotion to family, God. Uh, We always and we'd always have our church service at eight and eight a.m. We always had to get up at seven, do the flag, and we had to have breakfast done at seven thirty, eight o'clock. We were going to mass. Really didn't understand mass when I was in you know Boy Scouts. I was Methodist, but it was non-denominational. But he Mm. was. I now that I am Catholic, I understand where his. you know, his commitment was to the Catholicism and understanding mm-hmm. him now, obviously long after his death, but oh, that's awesome. His dedication, you know, you could see it in his family, 
his both his sons, you know, and grandchildren and scouting there. Beautiful. Beautiful. God rest his soul. Kathy. There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the world must come together as one. Back in college, I had um, a pretty bad knee injury and I was about a 10 hour drive from home. So um, the emergency room sent me home with some ice and a pair of crutches. And I lived off campus because I was a junior. Um, So I crutched around to class the next day. And uh, by noon, my hands were blistered and I couldn't move. And I remember crying, thinking, what am I going to do? I can't. I'm so far away from home. And I crutched into my next class. I went to Marquette, by the way, Mm. which is a Jesuit school. Mm -hmm. And it happened to be a professor who was Catholic. Uh, grandfatherly type mm. and he said well buddy, you don't look very good <laughs> so I explained to him what happened and he he said here it's a friend of mine here's a number um, give him a call he's uh, my back doctor and I think there's a knee guy in his group you should go see him it's true we make a better day just you and me and the knee guy ended up being the orthopedic surgeon for the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow, cool. And um, he took me in the, that day, and then I ended up needing surgery the following day. Wow. Um, long story short, I missed a lot of school. I was um, mm. in a wheelchair, and I thought, Lord, how am I going to get to class in my <laughs> wheelchair? And then there was a guy's fraternity that said, well, we'll wheel you, wheel you to your classes for Aww. our community project. Yeah. So there was <laughs> Kathy, the sec- community project. I'm sure Chris right. loves so, that. My wife is my, a project. <laughs> there was my second provision from God. We have done enough, this is no hope at all. Right. And then the third one, um, I ha- had missed so much of my schooling that the professors in my major, I was a communications major, said, you know, take the semester off. You're in a lot of pain. Mm. Uh, But I couldn't because I was on a a tuition, a four-year tuition scholarship. But my minor was psychology. And all of my psychology professors said, we're going to do whatever it takes to get you through this semester so Mm. you can stay on track. met me on weekends they met me after class they let me do uh report writing to make up for tests and quizzes and it's awesome the way that touched me you know it made me say you know what i want to be just like that Mm -hmm. when someone's in trouble i want to be you know the person that says let's roll up our sleeves and get you through this i'll do whatever it takes and so i ended up changing my major to psychology, which led me into school psychology, which led me into, you know, the role I have today, which I can't imagine doing anything else. So, you know, at the time it was pretty uh, frightening and in pain and I was young, I'm what, 19 years old, but looking back, I'm wow, that was just an amazing Mm-hmm. way for god to provide for me absolutely thanks pains who is 
somebody in your respective lives, a non-family member who had an impact on you? Last week, I shared the story of of the period of my life where I was really struggling with my faith and even lost my faith for a while. You know, I saw a lot of hypocrisy. I went to a small evangelical liberal arts college. I saw a lot of hypocrisy in students. And, you know, I had one professor in the uh, religion department that I struggled with. Um, And so I, I really started, you know, wondering if God was really there. Well, the, the chaplain at the school was also uh, a, trained in counseling. And so I decided, you know, I need to talk to someone. So I started meeting with him mm-hmm. and he was, he was so helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really believe that years later, the reason I came back to my faith was partially because of his witness. Awesome. That's awesome. Michelle. Keeping on my Italy theme. Keep it coming. <laughs> um, I studied junior year of college. I spent one semester in Florence and one semester in Orvieto, Italy. The semester that I was in Florence, I um, I connected with a with some of with the American Church in Florence. I went to a couple of the Protestant churches because I was Protestant. Or when I say a couple of the Protestant churches, I mean the couple <laughs> Protestant churches. Um, and I went to mass a couple. Um, well, I went to mass quite a bit, and it actually helped me learn Italian a lot because the liturgy, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very very similar to the Episcopal liturgy. So I knew what was supposed to be happening, and that helped me understand how the language worked um, because I knew what they were saying, even if I didn't know what they were saying. Right. Right. Um, but I felt very much like it was very empty and dark and um, I gave me a bad taste for Catholicism. Um, the second semester I went to Orvieto and I went to mass at the cathedral and it was very beautiful in its sincerity and simplicity. And after mass one morning, uh, well, I don't know, we've been there maybe two months or something. Um, this woman came up to me and she said, I saw you in the library last week. Um, so you're obviously not a tourist because most people just come for the day mm-hmm. in that town. Mm-hmm. They don't stick around and visit the library also. Right. <laughs> and uh, she said, so, you know, who, who are you? And, you know, and so she introduced herself and she's, and then she said, you know, come and visit me in the library. Mm. Um, so. I said I had told, I said to her I said well this was a very this was a very beautiful mass I hadn't been to a mass that this was was this beautiful, uh, and she said oh well if you you know come to the li- come to visit me in the library and we'll make arrangements and I will take you to a place where they pray, they 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 pray in a way that is not of men, and mm-hmm. so I went and visited her in the Intriguing. library we made we made arrangements and she brought me to. Um, a cloistered mm. monastery of poor Clares wow. who really do um, sing the evening vespers in a, you know, very, I can't say magical, mm-hmm. godly. Beautiful chant, right? <laughs> mystical. Right. Yep. Uh, mystical, yes. Um, mystical way. Um, and then I got to know her, um, her children, uh, her son I just talked to today was oh. the one I was talking about. 
she, she said, you know, my children are about your age. I'd like for you to meet them. Well, they were all three going through a very profound conversion through the, um, through the charismatic Catholic movement, a mm -hmm. group called the Mary community. And eventually she asked me to go to their, um, conference and, um, and prayer meeting. And so that's the beginning of How the awesome story that? that ends with me becoming Catholic. Awesome. So beautiful. It's amazing. What is her name? Her name is Anna. Anna. God bless Anna. Awesome. Seymour's. Mm -hmm. What is, who is somebody who has impacted your life? Well, I have, uh, since Brett and I got married, came back to the Catholic faith about the time Brett and I got married. And I've been blessed with a lot of really amazing Catholic women, especially when I started homeschooling all these good Catholic moms, but I chose um, my friend Kate Kelly. Mm. Uh, mm. And I think in just saying her name, right. um, it probably speaks for itself because mm -hmm. so many so many people knew Kate and I probably don't even have to give any more reasons, mm. but right. <laughs> I'll tell you the two reasons I chose Kate. Um, the first reason is um, I think of St. Therese Lazou and her um, do all all small things with great love and mm -hmm. to me kate embodied that perfectly every everybody she talked to and how she spoke to you mm -hmm. she just so loving and and yes, grateful she did yeah she did every every you know from when i first met her and didn't know her she made me feel like i was her best friend mm -hmm. right at the beginning she was just so beautiful mm -hmm. um the other reason why i picked her is because Oh, just recently, she's been on my mind a lot. I've been in a couple of situations where I thought um, I was kind of uncomfortable. I didn't know how to respond to people. Um, some people have talked about in vitro fertilization, mm -hmm. parenting, artificial birth control. And um, I've been in mixed crowds when those conversations come up. And I, I haven't really been brave enough to, to maybe speak up and say the truth of the church and what's the right thing or... Um, been too shy to do it, and I, I honestly thought in my mind, oh, what would Kate do? And right. I can right. see her, I can just see her in my mind, so cool and calm mm -hmm. um, in situations like that. And she just always stated the truth, and she just, mm -hmm. she never failed to just be graceful and beautiful about it. Yes. Um, and she never made you feel like, you, even if she was admonishing you as a sinner, she didn't make you feel like you were being admonished. Mm -hmm. She just stated the truth and what the facts were about the Catholic teaching. And she did it in a beautiful, loving way. And awesome. I think we're all called to do that. So I echo everything you're saying, Nikki, and can't tell you how many times I myself have called on her and continue to call on her in so many different moments. And um, I'll leave it with that. Otherwise, I'm going to get too choked up. But for our listeners, yes. Kate Kelly was called home a year ago after a battle, complications following cancer, a mother of eight, beautiful wife and mother, very engaged in this community. And uh, we do pray for her soul and all the souls of the faithful departed and certainly ask for her intercession for us. Brett. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this was difficult for me. I think like the others have said, when you have to say who outside of your family, uh, and I'm very close with my family, as we've mentioned before, I work with my dad uh, and I work with my sister and my mother and my brother used to work in the family business too. So we spend a lot of time with our family, but um, I think recently in the last 10 years, uh, I became good friends with a gentleman from my church uh, who, who like Kate is no longer with us. 
His name is Mark Borgosh. Mm. But I really got to know, and really, I think something that, that Mark made me think, gosh, how God is right here in our life. I was fortunate enough that during his battle with glioblastema, which is a form of a rapidly growing form of brain cancer, to be the one to take the Eucharist to him every week. Mm, that's and awesome. Bringing him the Eucharist. Really, I, I brought him the Eucharist even on his dying day. But one day when I showed up um, with the Eucharist, I had just come from Mass and I showed up and as I walked in the door, he was a little bit, uh, I want to say, uh, he just wasn't quite all there, but he looked at me and he said, Brett, Jesus is right there with you. Mm. And he could feel the presence of the body of Christ oh, with awesome. me. And it really just was profound to me that how Jesus really is in the Eucharist. For those that don't believe that, he is in the Eucharist. Mm. And it, it just really brought home our faith and mm. that the body of Christ is so important. And so mm. Eucharistic adoration, the ability to go to Mass. And we were talking a little bit before the show tonight that with this delay in not being able to attend public mass in Ohio because of this mm. coronavirus, how are we going to get that spiritual nourishment of the body of Christ? We're on a mission from God. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks really. so much for that, Brett. You guys all bring such such joy to my soul and your unique responses to God's love being outpoured. In the midst of your unique struggles, your unique challenges, you're all radiating this sense of God with us, that in the midst of our challenges and difficulties, there's there's light, there's glory, there's something meant to be uncovered. And uh, folks, we're so blessed you're along the, the ride with us in this Family Road Trip podcast. This is the fourth stop of a seven-stop journey, uh, which which leads right, to, right up to Holy Week and into Easter. We invite you to join us. Go to I Love My family.us um, find the live it gathering guide make that time put that flag in the sand with your wife and your kids discover god alive more fully in your marriage and in your family so with the limited time we have left we're going to do a lightning round and uh begin with the knights um just give us a very quick overview of how your live it gathering in your home went this past week and maybe share with us each a particular story of something that touched you. Take time to make time, make time to be there. We had uh, obviously had conflicts with doing it with dinner, so we did it separate, so that it went much better. Awesome. Having it dedicated in the living room, just having each having their space, I, I think it went much better than the week before. Awesome. The uh, thing that touched me the most was obviously this the, was a very long reading, the last one mm-hmm. with the uh, lady at the well. And, and just her story and Jesus knowing her and feeding her living water and obviously coming and then doing going to Mass on Sunday, hearing again in Father Jeff's perspective of it. It was just touching. You know? Awesome. His, I just see how much deeper his wisdom is you know, as a person. <laughs> right. as a Thank you. I was just going to add to a shout-out to Father Jeff Macbeth. 
of St. Yes. Peter Huron and all you priests out there, just as Chris mentioned, Father, in the blessing of a pastor who opens up the Gospels to us and makes it relevant and meaningful to us. We love you. We're praying for you in this um, particular season of challenge for you who are wedded to Christ in such a particular way and bringing the sacraments. We're just so grateful for all of you. and We're lifting you up in prayer in a special way and spiritually kindred with you. But uh, so- And I, I just want to add something that the Lord just placed in my heart, picturing these priests in in gratitude for their priesthood but yes pray for them for sure but what came to me was like they are our fathers and we're separated Mm. as their children and so many struggle with loneliness for whatever reasons already and so now that we can't be together to be that support physically and you know that real-time presence if you will Mm. we need to hold them all the more in our prayers Um, to remain faithful and not to be discouraged and to know the power of their priesthood and their fatherhood in this in the reality that it is so yes keep our priests in our prayers kathy i was just going to add that um when we talked about how god has um given us provision in our lives the one thing grace said was what i'm only 10 (laughs) we had to to think about you know ways that it could apply to her and we remembered her um little kitty that ran away and how god Mm. took care of that kitty and brought her back home so great even a way a little 10 year old can see that god provides amen um is there for us yeah and folks who don't know what she's talking about, go back to the first episode or I found <laughs> episode of the yeah. Family Road Trip podcast. Cute little 10-year-old Grace, who's wise way beyond her years, sharing her wisdom and her story. But you can listen, since you're at home, since you have a lot That's of time, right. just listen to the uh, episodes of the Family Road Trip <laughs> podcast. You'll, you'll smile, you'll laugh, and you might even tear up and uh, certainly be moved. That was awesome. We can make it happen. Across town to the Paines. Paines, give us a portrait of your Livet gathering this past week and maybe something that touched you or moved you or stood out. Well, we met on Friday evening again um, in the living room. We read the gospel out of the David C. Cook comic book Bible first. <laughs> Bible. Pow, um, bam. It's an, it's an excellent, I mean, it's really good. If you guys don't know it. No, it, it is. Do it's they have onomatopoeia? Is that the right word? Where you say the pow, no. bam, biff? There's not very many bangs and pows in okay. it. No. Heel. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it also has a, so this was another situation where this, we had to actually look in a couple of different kids' Bibles to find one that had this particular story so that's how we ended up with that one mm-hmm. um so we i think we read it there first so that we could sort of look at the pictures mm-hmm. while we read shorter sure, version which was still a little bit longer than average <laughs> from the mass reading and what one thing that struck me was at the after we got done reading it all our five-year-old said i didn't think it was going to end that way mm. And okay. I, so I said, well, why, how did you think it was going to end? And she said, well, I thought that the, the, when the people came out, that they were going to be mad at Jesus. Mm. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. Did you have any insight on why she thought that? We talked about it. And, and then you actually, in, in the comic book Bible, turned forward to look at 
at Jesus with the Sanhedrin and the, the trial of Jesus. And, and I remember you explained, it's like, well, they a little later on, they do actually get really mad at Jesus and they, they end up wanting to kill him. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I feel like that answered her question. Yeah. But she said she was she was happy. She said, "But this was good. This was good." Yeah, this was. So she was happy with right. the way. Right. Happy ending, she was good but... with that. Jesus not only speaks to the woman, start there, she happens to be a Samaritan, a half-breed, whom they derided, detested because they were half-Jewish. They hated them worse than Gentiles. They avoided the city. Um, Sikar, which is interesting, the word literally means drunken. And, of course, he speaks of living water. So to be drunk on the living water, so all that theming. But I think, uh, theming, I like that word, Steph? I made that up. Okay, <laughs> theming. But, you know, I... And I lost my train of thought, but I did. Well, have the way you're setting it up, it sounds like it's going to end badly. I mean, it's true. Yeah. So I, I think that's where the grace of the story is: is that mm -hmm. it doesn't end badly. It ends with people knowing knowing Christ and knowing the truth and yeah. and knowing love. And I guess that is the big that is the big surprise yeah. that you know we. We are I'm mean, surprised by love. Yes. I remember what I was going to say, that it's the Gentiles are the less than the, the chosen class, the chosen group. In today's Ooh. terminology, the Orthodox Catholics who follow the, the law as best as they think they can. But Jesus spent two days with them. That struck me when I read this the fourth time last week, that he spent two days with the Samaritans and they became a community of believers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he came for the Jews. And as he says, you know, uh, as the woman said in the one scripture, you know, even I can eat the scraps at, at the table and he's endeared by her and he ministers mm -hmm. to her and all of that. But, you know, he wants our hearts like the Samaritan woman uh, humbled and like the Anuim, right? The poor in spirit to be hungry and to know our hunger corresponds to him and to receive that living water, the streams of living water. And they're the ones, all of us called to be those ones. And are we not precisely in such a place right now in the world to be hungry, to recognize our great poverty for which he is the provision. We talked about, like you were saying, Greg, about the impact on all the people that this woman helped bring to know Jesus. And the one thing we talked a little bit about was, is if this woman never went back to the other Samaritans and said, here's this man who knows all the stuff that I did, come and see him. Mm -hmm. If she hadn't done that one thing, then they wouldn't have known who he was. Mm, right. He wouldn't have stayed two days with them. Oh. And they wouldn't have, in the end, said, we, we first believed because of what you said. We now believe because of what he said. If wow. that she had not had that one act of faith, that none of that would have happened. It was important that she shared what happened to her, not just that yeah. it happened to her, right. but that she shared it. Yeah. She evangelized, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What example for all of us, right? And she had how many husbands? Five, <laughs> six, whatever. People that we may look and say, oh, that sinner and uh, all of that. But how God used her to be a prominent example in all of Scripture as an occasion for evangelizing an entire culture. Praise, praise you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Yes, Steph. I just want to echo also the, the beauty of the witness that you guys are giving and just beautifully illustrated just diving into scripture with your kids, right? So taking that time and, you know, just the conversation and the grace that came about, but also, again, I like to use the phrase, the language that you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So every time that your girls hear a Bible story, every, every time it's going to get them thinking mm -hmm. a little bit more like what's in this one or, you know, just, it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, mm -hmm. um, 
gift that you're giving to them to bring them closer to the Lord in that way. Huge smile. And it's just, I mean, this is just the beginning, right? Like this is, who knows how the Lord is going to unfold this as they, you know, as they grow. So folks at home, just an encouragement, you know, just bring your family together. And if nothing else, proclaim the gospel, read it together, you know, engender curiosity, questions, and try to make it accessible. Pull out the pow, pam, bam, biff, comic book and you know whatever is going to reach them use the great genius god has given you as parents to reach them that was awesome so across town seymour's give us a portrait of your livid gathering and what maybe moved touched you so we uh, generally get together on sunday evenings which again we did this week um uh, with some of the calamity leading up to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually good, probably. We had a kid out of town, but we get around our uh, family room and everybody sits on the couch and we uh, this week shared uh, the gospel. Again, a long reading, as everybody else has mentioned, sometimes leaves the younger kids to get a little bit right. uh, Fancy. You know, they drift off, they mm-hmm. wander thought and those type of things. But I think overall, our, our Livic Gathering Guide helps us to keep on track and uh, offers some pointed questions. I think the kids this week were all um, were in, engaged, even though it was a long reading. They mm-hmm. were engaged in that reading and uh, the discussion there afterwards um, about what the living water really means. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, it was very good. I think overall, and, and they're getting better. Um, and I say getting better. We're a big group of people. So when you get a big group <laughs> of people, they all can have emotional things going on during the day and the week. And, Is it legal but, for you guys to I was gather say, still? Trump said only 10 people. <laughs> if you have another, you might have to decide who is cut off from the Seymour family. As those things have started to happen, when they first started uh, talking about some of the restaurants, you couldn't sit at a table larger than six. Well, there goes our going on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Awesome. Nikki. Okay. So I think overall we're doing a lot better. Everybody came to the room um, pretty happy, whereas in the past we usually had one complainer that didn't want to be there, but everybody was happy to awesome. be there. Everybody kind of pitched in at some point or another. And, you know, we had some first timers too. My 15 year old really had some serious questions and thoughts about the gospel reading which surprised me because she usually has something just silly and goofy to say to make everybody laugh so, <laughs> we know. love your 15 year old by the way mm, yeah. that's right she has <laughs> our vote she had some good stuff to say which made me happy and awesome. you know, it's funny that brett mentioned that the little ones wander their minds wander and the long reading because i don't think he noticed he was reading the gospel and i was thinking the same thing as he was reading it and I saw my 11-year-old son start to squirm, and I thought, oh, great, you know, we're losing this kid. And mm. he came and climbed up next to me and sat down so he could look at my phone and read along. Oh, wow. that's awesome. Totally judged him for being a wanderer. and he, <laughs> he was trying to stay focused. You never know. We Truly, we never know what's under the hood, and Steph has is, is kind of been one of her common themes and encouragement to our listeners that we make evaluations on our visible perceptions of what we see, but the Word of God is surrounding them. Just start there. Whether they, quote-unquote, are apprehending it or not, it's the Word of God. It touches. It accomplishes what it means to accomplish, and surprise, surprise, in our lives, how many times we thought our kids were just not plugged in, and then such great wisdom or inquiry comes out of it. Not all the time, but it does happen. That was awesome. Well, well, oh, 
folks, we are just so, so blessed to be on this road trip of life with you all, with these three wonderful families journeying with us and all of you who are listening in this special season that may sound, I don't know, a little weird for you to hear in a season where there's much suffering. We want to pray for those people. We want to make ourselves available to being answers to the prayer for those people, but also recognize in this time of we've used the word crisis, yes, there's a level of danger, but also opportunity. And perhaps there's no greater opportunity than gathering together with your spouse and your children to make a time of encounter, a time of encountering God more fully alive. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of risk. It's going to take some audacity and pressing back your awkwardness, your fears, not having this modeled to you. But I, I triple, quadruple dog dare you to go to ilovemyfamily.us. Sign up, join us. You'll get then those weekly updates. But um, you'll download the Live It Gathering Guide. It's free a way to talk and pray, fun questions, engaging questions. You read the scripture, especially the Sunday where there's um, no public liturgy to take the time this week in particular to reflect upon God's grace alive. It will make a difference in your atmosphere. It'll make a difference in your kitchen, in your living room, in the bedrooms, in the hallways, in the basement, in the ceiling. Do you not want your house to be that kind of place? A place where everybody knows they're truly and deeply loved. That's what it's all about. Encountering who we are in the Trinity, our very nature, a participation in God who is love, a Trinity of persons. We are called to be that, to image that, to live that. We invite you to join us on that journey. So thanks so much for being with us on this fourth stop of this seven-week journey of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Until next time, God bless you. Be now, be now.